Hey y'all, thank you all so much for tuning in to A Whole Lot with Joe tonight. My name is Joe, and I'm really excited to have you all here again tonight. Um, a new episode was due yesterday, um, but due to some technical issues, I could not publish a new episode, so I'm truly sorry about that. Um, but yeah, today we're taking a cue from last um, the last episode, which was titled The Social Media Debate. So if you missed that, um, feel free to, you know, just go check that out. Um, click on the pin to it on my Twitter page. Um, scroll through to find a dedicated thread for a whole lot with Joe. And um, if you scroll all the way to episode 10, you'll find this particular episode I'm referring to. So we are talking about use of social media today. So yeah, I, I just want to start with a um, prelude on why this topic or why this subject is really important. So um, on the last episode, we had talked about, you know, social media having a notable absence of gatekeepers. Um, gatekeeper is a concept in traditional media, which I talked about in the last episode. So please um, catch up on that if you didn't um, listen to it the last time. Um, so this absence of gatekeepers kind of leads to the likelihood of, you know, spread of misinformation much faster um, on social media than with any other media of mass communication. Um, so yeah, last week we also pointed, we pointed this out as, you know, a weakness because there's only so much you can do to, you know, stem this particular, um, negative if we are to truly, um, express our rights to free speech. Um, any other thing that we try to do to restrict how much people can say on social media would kind of be like a violation of the right to free speech, um, so to speak. There are laws guiding um, social media use. However, there's only so much that we can do, um, honestly speaking. So as such, um, because users of social media are not really stuck to the binary of traditional media. So with traditional media, what we have is this binary of the news producer or like the people who are involved in the dissemination of information. And then we also have the consumers or what we refer to as the audience. Um, that is you and I who would turn on the TV, turn on the radio, read the newspaper to get that information that has been produced. Um, so here we find that the lines are blurred. Um, they're so blurred that we are not conscious of how much of a role we play in what goes on online. Um, that's with us who use social media. So today we are, um, we're looking at our use of social media from the standpoint of a stakeholder who is involved in this process in a nuanced manner. That is kind of like viewing the nexus between, um, you being, uh, a consumer of traditional media and how to take that that um those skills and you know kind of played out in your use of social media um so while we come on social media to you know get information to laugh and to watch you know just to watch whatever is going on <laughs> all over the world basically as consumers every single retweet every single reshare every quotation every standalone comment or response as well as other engagements um, have us, you know, switching hands from be being the um, consumer to becoming the producer or the encoder or the manufacturer of some sorts, if you will. So, you know, if we are to use social media responsibly, we must take a cue from the elements of traditional media that made it largely reliable. So these um, elements that I want to like focus on are the things that we call the news values or criteria for newsworthiness. I'm just going to list out these um, in no particular order. 
we have timing or timeliness um timeliness means how it's basically that story being expedient to be told like oh something just happened you know how you have like breaking news yes breaking a breaking news the factor for a breaking news is really the timeliness so we have timeliness we have significance that is the likelihood of that information affecting or the event in that information affecting how many people or different people's lives we have proximity we have geographical proximity which is how close people are to the area where that story is situated or we have um sorry emotional proximity that is the so for example if we say some soldiers have died in Meduguri today, right? People who are who who have um, family members who are in the armed forces who have been deployed to Meduguri, that is kind of proximal to them because yes, they might live in Lagos, but that story matters to them because they need to know whether their family members or some of the people that have been affected. So that's another angle of proximity. We have prominence that is the kind of people who are involved you know celebrities news about celebrities or news about world leaders and all of that will make more news than um you know just a regular um old person <laughs> not really doing anything so noteworthy so to speak um we have human interest that is things that are bizarre those also qualify as um, newsworthiness then we have um conflicts you know fights will always make the news <laughs> and then we have currency um so these are some of the things and these all fall under uh, the values for or the criteria for newsworthiness or what we refer to as news values then we also have the aspect of gatekeeping which i mentioned last episode and earlier in this episode and with the gatekeeping basically we're just talking about um it, the news um, process kind of goes through different levels of admission. So you, it's kind of like, okay, for example, if you had a newspaper publication, right? Nothing will go into the newspaper that is published today without the editor-in-chief actually vetting that story and saying this should go the way it goes. Like the way that this story has, um, has been framed, has been written is okay to be put out to the public. This is a form of gatekeeping. Some stories that have already been sourced out on the field by reporters or by journalists will not make the news and that's just part of the gatekeeping process that is very prominent in traditional media um however when it comes to social media the onus kind of rests on our shoulders for us to take on this gatekeeping role so you become responsible for as much as you assimilate or as much as you consume and as much as you transmit um so understanding the seven news values kind of transforms your understanding of social media information because you are then able to you know critically evaluate if the information that is being shared is valuable and you know it therefore does it deserve your attention does it is it worthy of your engagement does it deserve you know like your retweets your reshare your response because the truth of the matter is every single engagement on social media causes that information that you have engaged with to travel or to spread far um farther you know so this makes you um if you're conscious of the criteria for newsworthiness this kind of makes you less susceptible to the wiles of propaganda because the truth of the matter is people come online or people use media whether it's traditional or social media people use media to set propagandas to um set specific narratives for you that are not sometimes 
they will anchor on half truths and then they would kind of tilt towards a lie but sometimes they're hol holistically true but then it's kind of skewed in favor of one thing as opposed to the other but the knowledge of this kind of helps you become objective in your consumption of the media content that you are seeing so in addition when you use social media you need to understand that Although it is a personal exercise, um, for most of us, it's a personal exercise. However, because of our relationship with media way before even social media began to exist, the audience is not configured to view media messaging as 100% personal. Um, there's not a real consciousness of the fact that it is a human being <laughs> that is behind this. That is why the audience is likely to place heavy demands on you or heavy premiums on you or, or on people off social media and they will also judge you based off your image um it's, it's basically it's just the consumerism of um the media space basically um so because we as a collective view ourselves as consumers of social media and we don't really view ourselves as um, producers or, or we don't really regard ourselves as activators in the information dissemination process um, we find that other users place demands for information from us without a full realization that we are humans with emotions and not just nameless or fa uh, faceless big course um, we've seen this happen so many times on Twitter where like people would come out and say oh tell your story okay let's even use the example of rape stories coming out right and 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 so many people will say oh why did you hide the story why did you say this thing when it, it came out the truth of the matter is for a lot of people yes it's there's some merit to saying your story um but the social media just as a whole the people who are consuming this information about your story on social media uh, not up to 90% of them are willing to do anything with the story apart from to consume it and say, oh, hey, yeah, or oh, congratulations, that happened. That's about it. But you see that it will place such a heavy uh, demand on you, like, you should have said it. You should say it. We need to know. No, <laughs> it's your story. And uh, so they don't really realize that it's not, your life is not for their consumption. Your life is not for their entertainment. Your life is not for their gossip. It's it's way more than that. Um, so yeah, that's really what I'm talking about when I say that it's the consumerism. They don't really realize. So as a consumer, who can be who can become a producer of or who can become an activator in the information dissemination process at any time on social media? What can you do to become more aware and more responsible with how you um, disseminate information and consume information? The first thing that I would say is for you to double check with verified sources if the onus of timeliness doesn't rest on you. So for example, you see some information out there on social media and it's maybe a little bogus or there's just, it, it seems like something that is worthy of reshare, but you cannot confirm if it is true or not. Sometimes it's best for you to go and check verified information pages, like maybe the punch or uh, the, you know, all these other um, um, news corporations or news, news um, agencies that are accountable to the public and have strict guidelines informing how they operate. 
those places are kind of good ports of call to refer back to and confirm information before you reshare. However, if it's a case where um, maybe the information seems like something that needs to get out there, it's, you know, timeliness is of the essence, then you you might be able to share the information but it's important to also like specify like oh just got this information not confirmed i would like to know how true is this um how true this is you know you have to really use your words when it comes to sharing information on social media second thing i would suggest is to refuse to engage with propaganda that you can identify sometimes you see certain things on social media and they're doing it to rile you up or, or to get people to respond because they they know that the people who know that this is wrong or that this is false they know that they will be angry and they know that they will engage with it by saying oh this is wrong or, or, but the truth of the matter is that you engaging with it causes that information to travel and if that information travels and it gets to a member of the audience that is not um developed enough to critically evaluate that information they might buy into that propaganda so sometimes it's best not to engage with that information however if you must engage with it engage with it with facts so if you want to say this is a lie that's great talk about like why this is not a lie you know just put like pointers and all so that whoever else is seeing it either by virtue of the comments or by virtue of your quote tweet can refer to other alternative information that kind of leads them to the truth because you you have to divert them if you're drawing their attention to the lie you have to divert them from the lie to the truth um the third thing is to embrace diplomacy i know we're in a world where like everybody says like you know call it what it is and everything but the truth of the matter is sometimes in the world where we are today only half of the truth or only one tenth of the truth comes to the fore and a lot of it is hidden on the back burner and we don't know about it and when you have a consciousness that you don't have all the information it is okay to withhold your comment it is okay to reserve your comments and to not say anything about it and if you must say something about it it's okay to express your your um what's the word your reservations like oh i'm not really certain about this i'm not really certain about that and all of that but sometimes the easiest thing to do is just to keep quiet because with the way social media is if you say something and you say i'm not really certain and somebody else has already bought the story they'll you know like they'll come for you and say like how can you say you don't know when like we've seen the you know there's just a lot <laughs> there's a lot that can happen however you know these are my guidelines but you know apart from these there are other better known guidelines for how we engage with information on social media one of such is to refrain from giving legal advice without confirming whether it is you know applicable in that context that you're referring to second thing do not in any shape way or form <laughs> did they say size <laughs> Uh, do not suggest or endorse illegal activity. Third thing, desist from theft of intellectual property, whether it be, you know, violation of copyright laws or, you know, every other form of theft of intellectual property. Just And if you're not informed enough about this, please read up, confirm if, you know, whatever you're doing with regard to somebody else's, you know, content is in line with the laws that guide that kind of content um that's before you share it or whatever um 
The fourth thing is do not transmit content that is defamatory or constitutes an invasion of another person's privacy. I don't think I have to explain this. And the fifth thing I'm going to mention is to avoid sharing unsolicited or unauthorized advertisement or content in general, including your nudes and your porn. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, there are so much more, but I believe that with these few, you'll get the um, point that I am driving at. So with these, we've come to the end of yet another episode where I talk about media and communication practice. And I truly, truly hope that you've learned something new. If you have, don't forget to, you know, like, retweet, comment, and share with other people. Um, also, feel free to catch up with other episodes. You know, like I mentioned earlier, click on the pinned tweet on my Twitter page. Um, scroll to find a dedicated thread. And, you know, scroll through. You enjoy episode 1 to 11. Just enjoy um, or you can, you know, scroll to the bottom of this thread, look for the anchor link in this thread um, and just go through from there to, you know, catch episodes of this wherever else you listen to your podcast, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else. Just feel free to do that. Um, so with that, thank you guys once again for another, another amazing time and have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead of you. Bye. Mwah.